Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and importantly some of your very own personal stories. I want to thank you for being part of Mike's Open Journal as guests, as visitors, as speakers, as listeners. Welcome to the world of mental health. And remember, you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast. I hope you're having a good week. It's episode 128 and it's flipping freezing outside. Um, Some places apparently have had snow in the last few days or so. Um, So it is very cold in the UK at the moment. Um, So I hope you're keeping warm. Thank you so much for continuing to be part of the podcast for downloading for engaging with the episodes um and for those of you that have said you're interested in coming on in the future as well um that's absolutely amazing i'm looking forward to talking to you very very soon today i'm joined by Jana, and we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, her experience with mental health or mental fitness and um, we're also going to be talking about a couple of projects or campaigns. So the 888 Collective and RKO. And uh, we're going to talk about the projects that are happening at the moment. So potentially um, the links that we give you at the end of the episode. Um, there's going to be a little bit of content available there. But there's going to be more and more coming soon. Particularly the app which um, is going to be available in a few days days to weeks um but very very soon um so make sure um if you do have a look and you're kind of waiting for that app or some of the more information to come out um that's going to be happening very very soon so make sure you check out all of jenna's uh links that we give at the end of the episode they're also available in the description as well i also wanted to mention once again like the last episode coming very very soon we do have some information about the mental health blog awards um so make sure you're checking out uh, the website which is mikesopenjournal.com uh, and then you can go forward slash MH blog awards uh, for all of the information about those which is uh, coming gradually over the next few weeks as well 
But for today, oh, obviously I'm going to drop you guys straight into the conversation that we had uh, just a couple of days ago now. Um, and I found it really interesting to hear uh, Jana's experience and the the journey that she's had as well really was really, really interesting. I think very inspirational for some of us that are having those struggles and those down days to see that um, there is that possibility that you've got a great idea something can come from it um that motivation to kind of even just like we said um in the podcast just kind of swinging your legs around putting them on the floor feeling the carpet or the tiles or whatever you've got um underneath your feet and and just kind of pushing and lifting up getting out of bed and it it really can just start from there um so i want to say a huge thank you to jenna for coming on and sharing her story and her experience um yeah i really enjoyed it and i hope you guys do too uh thank you again for listening uh and being part of the podcast uh here you go i don't know give me a little bit of an insight into how today or how this week has gone for you um okay cool well today's been a really interesting one actually because i only got three hours sleep last night which isn't isn't actually normal for me um and I feel really tired. <laughs> Actually, I felt really tired all day. But it's been a good day. I've got, I've had a great week. Um, I'm just about to launch my app, which is called Archeo, which is basically like a Fitbit for your brain. Mm. Um, and I have got some really big pictures coming up. Um, and I'm basically getting investment for my company right now. So it's a really exciting time. Um, and I use my app to measure my mental fitness and actually, uh, it's been really high recently. So for the past, uh, week, um, I've been really strong mentally fit. Um, oh. and I know after the, like today, after not having very much sleep, it just dips down cause you mm. just sleep is really important. It's funny, isn't it? Like you say, it's the times when you need the sleep or when it's so difficult to, cause there's other things going on and you're like excited or anxious or maybe stressed about different things and you've got that blood pumping through you and you're like no I just need to I need to sleep to be ready for this and then you you just you can't get off I know it's difficult isn't it I mean I find that with having a startup and being my own boss um you know it's really hard to switch off because Mm. you're thinking I need to do this I need to do that I need to do that but I actually now have got to the point where sometimes if I wake up or I go through periods where I can't sleep very much, I just lie in bed and um, and I literally just think about how grateful I am that I'm warm and that I'm safe. Oh. And uh, I live with my fiance, so I'm happy to be next to, to that person. Yeah. Um, and actually, I didn't realize, but I think it's a bit it's a, it's a bit of like I'm just naturally meditating, really. Mm. Um, and it's actually a really nice way to deal with if your brain is going you know round around in circles if you just bring yourself back to where you are at that moment I always find that really helpful it's a weird one but it's what I do I think it's that um kind of sounds like that uh like a relaxed style of mindfulness I guess um like I've tried the uh the body scans and things like that before yeah. And I'm, oh, I get embarrassed when I talk about them because I like I've done them and I know they're amazing and I've sat there and I've done like a 45, 50 minute body scan works really well and then I walk away and I'm like I'm never going to do that again because I'm not going to sit there for an hour and do that but I yeah. think I know it works for me yeah. um, and it is so much of 
uh, kind of trying, I try to do, I don't do, but I try to do what you're talking about, which is having those moments through the day where you yeah. almost like just sit, take a couple of breaths and reflect on where you are type thing. It's Yeah, I think we've lost the ability to um, give ourselves time to think mm. um, because we think that if you're like, when you, when you talk about thinking, it's always like overthinking or yeah. thinking about work or something bad. Actually, thinking is really good for you. And thinking is work, um, but I think um, think said so think many times. Um, I I just um, I know that being grateful for what you have in that moment in time really helps. If you are feeling anxious or you feel like you can't focus on something that's positive, mm-hmm. sort of making yourself focus on something that's positive is is really good for you. It changes your brain pattern. It changes the way you, way um, you naturally where your brain pattern naturally goes. Mm-hmm. I think positivity and being grateful is something that we don't do very much. Especially not being positive about ourselves, I think. It's difficult. It is one of those you treat other people in a way that you don't treat yourself, I think, a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cool. Well, after getting a bit of an insight into your week, it'd be interesting to hear a little bit more about you and where the interest, obviously, um, it's more than an interest, You're, you're... working and I've got projects going on around mental health so just to hear a bit more about your background and where your interest kind of started from really. Sure um so basically uh about two and a half years ago I was working in telly and I was doing stand-up and um I was working really hard I was happy and I just started to feel really bad at work Mm. um and I got to the point where I was looking forward to getting home at like 7 30 so I could get into bed and just watch telly and go to sleep and my friends were like, this is just not normal, Jana, go and see a doctor. I went to see a doctor. I got diagnosed with depression and I got given some medication. And I just took it because I just wanted everyone to shut up, really, to be honest. Um, mm. And I was at work and the side effects really hit me really, really hard. I couldn't really focus. I didn't. I could do the base minimum of my job. And I was delivering a, a 23-episode um, program for Channel 5 in the UK and mm. uh, it wasn't a job that you could just do the base level of but I did um and I did <laughs> I think I might have been one in 10,000 people I don't know what the stat is that got I got a side effect where I ha- had an involuntary yawn Ooh. to yawn every two minutes and I don't know I don't know if you've ever tried to hide a yawn in a meeting it's quite um, hard <laughs> yeah or you've ever tried to um, I don't know see someone try and hide a yawn on public transport in front of you. Uh, it's pretty hard. And so I just chucked the pills in the bin because I was like, this is not working for me. I can't do it. Um, and six weeks later or five weeks later, I had what um, doctors call a severe depressive episode. Mm. So I spent five weeks under 24-hour watch as a high-risk suicide patient. I had severe anxiety, obviously suicidal thoughts. So I wasn't allowed on my own for more than 10 minutes. Um, I was agoraphobic, I was anorexic, I had, I was very ill. Mm. Um, I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which uh, when you look back at my life, it's quite obvious that I've had it. Um, and I got put on a course of medication, went to my doctors, started to see therapists. And as I came out of the severe depressive episode, I realized the impact of what had happened to me didn't just happen to me, it happened to my friends, it happened to my family, and it did happen to my work colleagues as well. Mm. You know, one day I just didn't show up at work. Um, and I I knew that I wasn't well enough to go back to work. So instead of trying to go back to work, I took my recovery on like a job. 
and I started tracking everything I was doing. Um, and I built a tracking system and a tracking form that tracked things that I needed to for myself. And I used the data that I was capturing to make the best decisions in my life. The, the data informed me on my decisions so I could get better as quickly as possible so I could get back to work as okay. quickly as possible. Hmm. Um, and then about three months of doing that, I went to get myself a job and I was really afraid. I was like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what job I could do. Um, I didn't really, I honestly didn't know what I could achieve anymore. So I really frightened myself and I'd lost my confidence. And luckily I had a friend of mine who said, come work for me as a PA. So I went and worked for her as a PA and I was officially the worst PA in the world. <laughs> I mean, I didn't book a single meeting into her calendar properly. Uh, no, I don't think I did it once for about three weeks. And I think I definitely booked a meeting request in five times. Um, and one was in the wrong year. And I didn't even know how I managed it. I honestly don't know how I did it. But it was because I was so anxious. And she was awesome. She's a CEO. She's called Kirsty Hulse. And her company's called uh, Many Minds Digital. Um, and she just kept saying, don't worry, it's fine. You're going to be fine. It's just the meeting request. You know, my clients aren't going to leave me because um, my PA isn't very good. It's just not hmm. it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, and... All of the people that worked for her treated me like an equal. They all followed her lead. They all laughed with me. Everyone knew that I was sort of getting better. Um, and so everyone kind of gave me a bit of a break. And eight weeks into working with her, I was directing and producing online viral videos for her clients. And she has some incredible clients, you know, like she works with, with big names. Hmm. And, uh, and I was back and I was working and I was making money. And I sort of, I... I was happy, but I kept meeting people like myself. I kept meeting people exactly the same as me, struggling with their mental fitness, struggling to keep their jobs or struggling to get back into work after dealing with mental health issues. And I kept hearing myself say, oh, I wish I wish you had a tracking system like mine. Build yourself a tracking system so you can understand yourself better. Hmm. I wish you had a friend like mine that could just give you a job and, and let you go through that period of basically being really bad. And, and then letting you get better whilst at work. Hmm. And I heard my sayings, myself saying I wish a lot. Um, and so I decided that saying I wish does absolutely nothing. So I want to do something about it. So I decided to set up a social enterprise, which I called the 8 to 8 Collective. And its sole focus was to um, help people with mental health issues get back into work. That was the sole focus of it. Hmm. Um, originally, I wanted to set up a cafe in a shop. Because uh, who doesn't when you want to help people? Um, but I looked into the finance of that and it just seemed like a big black hole for money. Um, so instead, I went and bought myself a secondhand panini machine from the basement of a pub. I got myself a free shed space in East London in a place called Fount London. Um, and I started selling tea and toasties and merchandise out of a shed. And I hired anyone that had a mental health issue uh, that came to me that wanted work, I hired them and I paid them for their time. And I started working with people oh, wow. and it was about two years ago. So it was absolutely freezing two years ago mm. over Christmas and working in the shed was freezing. <laughs> um, and so I was like, this is bad for our physical health to be in here, never mind our mental health. Uh, so we went and I went and knocked on the local WeWork door, which is like a, a shared community office space. Mm -hmm. Area and they let me go and sell into their clients and then WeWorks all over London so I went into all the different WeWorks around London um, and we hired a lot of people and the first person I worked with was in November and she left me to go and train as a, profession, a professional barista in March Ooh. 
which is the most stressful job ever. Yeah. When I met her, she used to she used to shake a little bit because she was so anxious. Mm. And I realized that I was teaching people my tracking system and I was teaching people sort of like personal development, things I'd learned myself and taught myself. I was teaching those people. So um, people kept saying, you need to teach more people of this. More people want help. And I couldn't hire everyone because obviously it's just not sustainable just to hire mm. people. Um, so I put everything that I'd learned together into a course and it's a personal development and mental health management course. And I taught a government accredited course first just to make sure that I wasn't completely making things up from nothing. <laughs> um, and I started teaching this course. So I taught this course for free um, for anyone that wanted to get better and manage their mental fitness better and try and get back to work. Um, anyone that showed up, I'd give them um, a space on the course. Hmm. Um, and I started doing one-on-one -on -one sessions with people and basically the whole of that time the only way I was funding what I was doing apart from selling a couple of toasties and t-shirts um, was I would go and sort of do little training sessions in smaller companies and I would do some inspirational talks on, hmm. on the journey that had happened and about four months well no it was longer than four months ago so in, in um, August last year I met two guys who were awesome one guy's called Matt Thielen and another guy's called Russell McCathy and they've helped me to build my new company, which is called Arkeo, which empowers individuals and organizations to take control of their mental fitness. And what we've done is we've turned my tracking system that was on a piece of paper into an app. So it tracks and measures uh, mental fitness, um, which is awesome. So it's kind of like a Fitbit for your brain. Um, and we deliver that. That app is free for anyone to use. It's actually going to be on um in the apple store and, and google play in in about 10 days i think um and anyone can use it in the country anyone can use it anywhere actually um and we deliver training into organizations to help people basically in organizations manage mental fitness um so i have gone from being suicidal to launching a social enterprise and selling toasties out of a shed being uh CEO of a tech startup in two years. Um, so I've had I've had quite a journey, um, and I guess the main thing I've learned from my journey is that we're actually in control of a lot more than we think we are when it comes mm. to. Low, I, and I only really speak about mental fitness. I don't mm. really speak about mental health anymore because there is no stigma with mental fitness. Everyone's got it. It goes up and down. Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you have a diagnosis or not. You can experience low mental symptom, low mental fitness symptoms like mm. stress and anxiety and stuff. Um, you know, we can all, we, we actually have, we, we are powerful humans. Doesn't, if you have a diagnosis or you have a mental health issue, it doesn't mean you're, you're powerless and you need someone to take care of you. We're powerful humans. There are things we can do for ourselves that will make ourselves better. And we do need support. Like I need medication. I take medication all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I've been to therapy for two years. Um, although my therapist recently told me that um, I didn't need to go anymore. <laughs> um, I think that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't... Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, it is a very good thing. Um, so I don't do therapy anymore. But, you know, we treat mental health issues in three ways. It's mm. medication, therapy and lifestyle. Mm. Um, and I believe that we actually, especially once you start tracking things, we start to see how your lifestyle decisions are impacting or having an effect on symptoms or your mood. Uh, when people see the data, when I see the data, you can actually do something about it. Whereas if someone just goes, oh, you just need more sleep, mm. it's really, really, people don't really take that much action on it. Whereas if you can see, oh, actually, I have only slept three, three hours 
or whatever, there's no wonder I'm feeling a little bit tired or a little bit sad or low, or whatever. Anyway, it's been quite a long journey. Um, so I'm literally launching now and I'm raising seed investment. Um, so yeah, it's, that's, that's me in a nutshell, a very large nutshell, I think. It's an awesome nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting because I think one of the big things for me, particularly around, um, I guess, the more so the app development, um, is the idea that actually, do you know, like there's a lot of different um, resources and tools that are available to people, um, yeah. but often we don't know about them. Uh, and there's so many different ways that people want or will kind of feel more supported, more informed and happier about uh, their recovery if they've got an illness, but actually just keeping well anyway. Um, And I think it's just so much of that is actually looking at, look, here's here's this really useful resource. This is what it's good for. Why don't you try using it? Um, and then see where you go from there. Like it might be for you, it might not. And I think yeah. I've really started to encourage people more to um, look at the apps and the websites that are available and say, look, don't look at it and think like, is this going to be the thing that I'm going to use that's going to really make a huge difference? Just look, is it useful to you? doesn't have to be like the only one you're going to use because you're going to try it for a little while and you'll work out whether it's for you or not. And I think it's just a shame more of us uh, don't know actually the selection of different things that are available. Yeah, there are so many apps out there. Um, The thing that I found with the apps out there that already exist is they're very specific to Mm. the mental health disorder Mm. um, or issue. Um, And and that's quite tricky. I guess, I mean, there's two things. The first thing is, is that we should just know what's going on with ourselves. We should know how caffeine affects us. We should know how alcohol affects us. We should know how exercise affects us. Um, we should know all these things. And we have all these different tools. And it's very difficult to cross-reference all the information, which is why I've built what I've built. And I built um, Archeo because I needed it. I didn't build it as an answer to, oh, there's all these people that need this thing. I built it for myself. I was coming out of a severe depressive episode and I had no idea how to piece my life together and I knew I had all these different things I knew I was anorexic I knew I was agoraphobic I knew I um I uh you know was suicidal I knew all these things but I didn't know how to to make the right decision because how can I trust that my brain, who, which was doing all these other things that were wrong, was going to make the right decision for me mm. to get better. And I think there's something really important in us taking time to figure out individually what works for us and what doesn't. And like you said about choosing the right app for you, it's like try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. There'll be another thing out there. But it's, mm. it's about the pursuit of mm. doing yourself and taking control and empowering yourself to go, do you know what? Yes, I might have to wait a year for therapy, but there's mm. a lot of things I can do for myself in between that time. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, my, my doctor's not giving me the right medication and I have to change my medication and it's really awful. Yes, it is. It is really awful, but you are not a powerless human mm-hmm. and you are not just, uh, you, you don't have to just wait for someone else to fix you. There are loads of things you can do to help manage uh, your mental fitness or your low mental fitness symptoms. I mean, I'm never, I, you can't fix me. I'm never going to not have bipolar. Mm. Um, but I know how to manage my life so that 
it doesn't have a negative impact. Um, the other thing I, I, I didn't say is that 5% of all the subscription fees for Arkeo, which is when we go into organizations and deliver the training and the tech, goes towards what I'm calling Arkeo Empowerment, which is actually the 88 Collective. So right now we're still delivering the free courses. We're building free theater workshops, which is awesome, because we're going to put, out, uh, put on a talent show at the beginning of summer, which is going to be so oh, exciting. Hey. And I'm currently talking to some awesome designers because we're taking artwork and poetry and photography that's being sent into us by our care empowerment users, so by people who've gone through the ADA Collective and are using our services. Mm. Um, and we're turning it into a fitness clothing label. Um, so we are going to be creating loads of jobs and ways for creative people to make money um, who maybe aren't in a position to go into a full-time job. Um, so we've got some really cool things that we're doing as well, which, again, are really empowering. Um, and really, my my main focus now is to, is creating a fitness brand mm. as opposed to something that is really focused on mental health or mental well-being. Because yeah. I think if we can get everyone to be measuring their mental fitness in the same way you measure your physical fitness, all the stigma goes out the window. If you take medication, don't take medication. If you have a diagnosis, you don't have a diagnosis. It doesn't matter. We all have to measure mm. and manage our mental fitness together in the same way. And then hopefully that'll make it, well, that's my aim, is to make it sort of very accessible to everyone, you know. So we've got a clothing label, we've got a, a production company, we've got um, tech and training that goes into organisations. We're not just, here's an answer to an issue um, that no one really knows how to talk about. Or yeah. the, um, I think, like you said, the, the idea of tying it into... Um, like physical fitness is something that people maybe are a bit more familiar or a bit more comfortable with and incorporating that a little bit more like yes it's going to be um, useful to those that might have an illness but actually um, making something accessible to everybody whether you've got an illness or not again kind of encourages that uh, I guess the general conversation about mental health because it's um, I don't know, like it's not the target, it's not the focus, it's just part no, of the whole conversation. Well, exactly. I think, you know, having people, I mean, like there's what is the head together and mm. time to change, time yep. to talk. Um, you know, they're wonderful, wonderful initiatives um, trying to break a stigma, but that stigma has been there for a very long time and it actually doesn't need, it doesn't, it shouldn't exist. We know mm. it shouldn't exist. Everyone has mental health, but not everyone uses the words mental health uh in the way that they mean usually people say mental health and someone will think a diagnosing word yeah um and actually mental fitness is very easy and when i go do training and companies very easy to explain to very powerful people who don't think that they have any kind of weakness at all uh that they have mental fitness and and their mental fitness goes up and down and if you experience you know insomnia or you experience anxiety sometimes at work. It doesn't necessarily mean you have a diagnosis. It just means mm. that your mental fitness is low. And there will be things in your lifestyle that you can do to alleviate that. And I think that's the main point is um, I've, had, I've had CEOs come up to me saying, I've never seen someone talk about mental health the way you've talked about it. Oh, mm -hmm. I think I have anxiety. And I'm like, well, of course, everyone experiences low mental fitness at some time. It doesn't mean you have to panic and think, oh, I've got an issue. Mm. Or clam up and go, well, that's not a big deal. I don't have an issue. It's just like, well, 
own it, like be honest, and then find a way to fix it. And it's working out, um, kind of like you've identified there, what what language people feel comfortable with as well. Yeah. I remember, um, I think back when we started talking, when it was uh, World Mental Health Day. Yeah. And um, uh, there was a lot of kind of media coverage and you had um, a certain <laughs> um, morning TV presenter mention about um, like it shouldn't be called mental health, it should be called mental strength. And I yeah. was like, oh, personally, I don't like that um, because I think it implies if you have an illness, you have a weakness. Yeah. Um, but I went into this workplace um, as part of my day job and we went in, had some conversations. And it was a very um, uh, male-dominated workplace with kind yeah. of that macho culture um, that exists there. Now... They really engaged because of this terminology, this idea of the phrase mental strength. They really liked it. They felt it sounded really positive. We were having conversations about people that um, had struggled with illnesses, had had thoughts of suicide. Um, does it really matter that they were using a phrase that I personally wouldn't use? No, because the whole point is that we're having more conversations about health and well-being, and obviously for me personally being there to talk about mental health and think, that really comes across in terms of what you're saying and recognising actually, do you know what, sometimes different phrases are going to work a lot more than others and pitching it at the level that um, is going to work for that audience and being able to explain it. Like you can use whatever phrase you want, but if you're there and you can explain it in a way that's um, simple and welcoming and understandable to people, they're going to engage with you and, and whatever you're there to talk about. And I think that comes across a lot more than a particular phrase it's it's you as a person and as a communicator yeah absolutely i mean i think the thing is is that we you know can't be the word police mm. it, it, it you know don't be rude don't be derogatory towards anyone just be a nice human like be decent human yeah i personally really um i personally don't like um when people speak to me and use words like well people need to be more empathetic to you and people need to be more sympathetic and mm. I personally don't like that I'm yeah. like no I'm a powerful human I don't need that every mm. human on this planet should be sympathetic and empathetic to each other that's just standard yeah. you shouldn't have to teach people to do that but if you're not a sympathetic person and you're not an empathetic person I do not need you to change for me mm. I'm a powerful strong human myself mm. and I don't need you to do anything for me mm. and I need you to be educated to understand my situation. Like, for example, we all know what diabetes is. We all know what epilepsy is. Yeah. You know, we all know those things. Um, I don't need you to put yourself out for me. Mm. Um, I don't need to be spoken to as if I am weaker because I have a mental health diagnosis. Um, I take exactly the same medication as somebody with epilepsy takes. Mm. If I was in an office and someone found out that somebody with epilepsy was taking a medication, they wouldn't blink an eyelid. Mm. If someone was in an office and found out that I was taking medication because I have bipolar, there was a different stigma attached to that. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I really like to push in work environments um, and also like to challenge the behavior of, mm. of staff in, in ways that flip things around. So, for example, I like to say that People who show anxiety at work, it, it gets shown in, in several different ways. People who feel um, 
very anxious can become can have heightened reactions to things um maybe be what people use the word oversensitive which i hate but have a heightened reaction to an email or someone's intonation or Mm. all that kind of stuff and i like to highlight the thing that you know no one really talks about in corporations which is a passive aggressive email um the person who sends a passive aggressive email is out of control of their emotions they are they are experiencing anxiety and irritation which is um a symptom of what I call low mental fitness hmm. and they are putting that on someone else and when you start to highlight behaviors that where people are actually slightly out of control of what they're doing because if they were feeling good and they were mentally strong it doesn't really matter what issue comes up you can always manage it hmm. in a professional way but these things are insecurities and and low mental fitness gets masked by different things if you're a senior person it's okay for you to be maybe slightly aggressive or to tell someone off but if you're a junior person uh, or a woman and you cry at work, that mm. is weakness. And mm. I like to highlight the fact that somebody losing their temper or writing a passive aggressive email is equally um, somebody who has the same low mental fitness as the, as the person that's displaying um, a different sort of type of behavior for low mental fitness, like crying or, or being upset. Mm. And I talk very strongly about those things because I do think that you know, we're not weak humans. I'm definitely not a weak human. And, and I don't like to be associated with anything like that. So I, I sometimes find because of the branding and the way that mental health has been talked about for so long, yeah. um, people say things and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not like that. <laughs> mm. I, um, there's a couple of bits in there. Um, the first one was uh, kind of near, uh, I don't know if you just mentioned it or earlier. I remember you said about the, the idea of like the diabetes at work. Yeah. Um, I found that really interesting because immediately I thought if someone did find that out, wouldn't there, I think, not, okay, not everyone, but there would be like a discussion or an interest or like, oh, do you carry an EpiPen? Like, yeah. uh, like it, are there certain things that I can do to help out if I need to? What like, happens if you're epileptic and you have a seizure? Yeah, like, this sounds harsh. People care. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, but that, yeah, like the idea that actually if someone found out that you were um, taking medication for um, uh, a mental health illness, there would, uh, this is being judgmental, but I think it's pretty true, there would be like a completely different reaction to that. Um, mm-hmm. And it is, it's that gradual change. And it, it is slowly happening, just very, very slowly. Um where uh, I think in society and in the workplaces, people are becoming more um, familiar with uh, someone that I know or someone that I work with takes medication. But I don't know that there are really any conversations happening around that in the same way as they would do with something like diabetes. I'm not sure. No, I mean, I think that's why, I mean, that's exactly what I do when I go in and Mm. do training. We train everyone and, and, you know, I spend quite a lot of time talking about medication because I think it's really funny. I'm like, listen, I take the same medication as somebody with epilepsy. Somebody with epilepsy's brain does not balance the chemicals and hormones in it properly by itself. And the output of that is seizures. Mm. My brain doesn't do the same thing. The output of that is bipolar, my ability to experience the highest, you know, Mm. mania and, and the lowest lows. And I'm like, that to me is like, and as soon as you start speaking like this um, and you're speaking in a powerful way, you're talking in a way that people can relate to it, um, then suddenly you're in the same room with people and you're on the same level as people and people respect you. 
Um, and I always talk about, so the, di the diabetes thing is that somebody with diabetes, um, you wouldn't blame them for their body not being able to do the insulin and sugar levels properly. Yeah. Exactly how it works. But also, you, you wouldn't um, think anything of them for having to check their blood sugar levels mm. six times a day. They have to check their blood sugar levels six times a day. They can't eat whatever they want. They cannot, you know, stay up really late. They can't drink whatever they want. Somebody with a with, um, diagnosed mental health disorder has to pay the same attention to their mental fitness as somebody with diabetes has to pay attention to their sugar levels, their mm. blood sugar levels. Mm. That's how we should be looking at this kind of stuff. We shouldn't be putting it in its own little box of going, oh, that's mental health over there. It's not fitness. It's fitness of everything. All humans, we all have fitness. This is fitness of the brain. It's fitness of the body. And let's talk about it in exactly the same way that everyone else does. And no, you don't need sensation we need education uh, and we pe need people to be you know normal well what i call a normal human which is a you know hopefully a respectful kind person mm. but i think that sometimes taking it too much into the mental health is is like it just has been boxed into such a small corner that it's almost become its own brand and mental health is a brand and mental health as a brand, means mental illness and weakness. Yeah, I think I've had a, a few conversations recently where I have to, like, I still do it sometimes by mistake, um, of the idea of um, someone will say mental health, but what they what they actually mean is mental health illness. Um, and I think that's the, um, it's, it's essentially the lack of education, I think, that goes on around that. Like, we don't say... Um, like when I say physical health, I don't mean like someone's got a dodgy wrist or, or something like that. Like that would be an injury. Yeah. Uh, like there's a completely separate word for that and it's used and I think we, we don't use the word illness. We just kind of wrap it all up. And I wondered if you sort of thought that you, you kind of briefly spoke about that idea of there being those different, I suppose, power levels almost or respect that people are given um, and it made me think of particularly in the workplace where um, I think people are kind of uh, willing to come forward and say I'm struggling with stress but they wouldn't come forward and say I'm struggling with anxiety or depression um, and whether it is that side of actually no if I say I'm struggling with this I am it's going to be seen as weaker or not able to cope um, when stress to some extent, there's still a little bit of um, that stigma around stress, but I think a lot less now because it's almost seen of like the lesser of two kind of thing. I don't know um, if you've got kind of experience or you've seen that in other places where um, that experience happens. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things with that. I mean, that's why I've built Arkeo mm. is because it actually what we need to do is we need to be going in training across all sectors of an organization and everyone needs to have base knowledge. We don't need to send people on three-day courses. You mm. need everyone to have base knowledge, base understanding of what mental fitness is, how to take care of yourself. And then you need a tool to do that. Now, if you're using a tool and you're taking care of yourself and you're like, oh my God, actually, I've started to feel like this, I've started to feel like that, and you start tracking it, you start to make decisions yourself by going, okay, well, actually, when I don't sleep very much and I'm really stressed at work, I don't really eat and I drink a lot of coffee, mm. then I get more stressed and I get more anxious. You can start to stop and change your patterns as a human yourself on your own. You don't need any help doing that. What you do need is the information, you need the data, so 
you can make those decisions. Mm. When you get yourself to a point where you're like, okay, I have this issue, I'm trying really hard to fix it, I don't know what to do. Within your organization, your organization needs to have a mental fitness policy that's like, if you get into this situation, X, then these are your options. And option one might be drop your days down to four days a week over a period of a month. Mm. And then you come back and try again. So what needs to happen is humans need to, in organizations, need to understand how to take care of themselves. They need to have a tool to do it and they need to engage in doing it. And then when you're in, in trouble at work or things get difficult, you need to go, you know where to go and what your options are. So when you're going to ask for help, and I believe this is the same thing as when you go into a GP, you should be going in saying, this is, this is, this is what I have. These are, this is sort of, and I always say data because it's a very easy way for me to see it, but like, this is the data I have about myself. These are things I've learned about myself that I've, you know, paid attention to about myself. And I know that these options are out there. I think this option might be the best for me. Mm. And then you sit and listen to a professional like a doctor say, okay, well, that's a good thought. Um, I personally, from my experience, think X, Y, and Z. And together you make a decision. Um, and it's the same thing in a workplace. You know, we should be going in knowing what the issue is, knowing that we're trying to fix it and knowing what options we can have that's going to help support us fix the situation. Mm. Um, and I think that's a really important thing that's really missing right now from everything um, in the talks that I'm going to and that I'm seeing is it's all about how com what do we need to do to support these people? What do we need to do to support these poor people who are dealing with all this awful stuff? I'm one of those poor people that has to deal with that stuff. I don't need you to support me. I need you to give me a tool and education. Mm. And that's what I built myself so that I can take control of it myself. So I don't need that person. I, you sometimes do. So like, for example, when I was really ill, I needed a doctor. I needed a therapist. I need to take my medication. And I was on a 24-hour watch. So I needed a nurse with me all the time. Yeah. So you do need people. But your ability to manage your mental fitness doesn't solely revolve around other humans. It's... Mm. It's a lot up to you. So I feel very strongly about that sort of becoming more of the conversation in terms of educating people and being like, listen, this is what happens to you. Then this is your pattern. Because I know with me, for example, if I'm at optimum mental fitness, um, so my RKO score is really high, if I drink a cup of caffeinated coffee, two days later I become manic. Not then, not the next day, two days later I become manic. Oh. And it's amazing because when I'm manic, I don't sleep, I don't eat, I make impulsive decisions. My life starts to turn into chaos. Mm. That all happens from one cup of caffeine, one cup of caffeinated coffee. But if I go down for a couple of days and it's looking like I'm going into a bit of a, a low slump mm. with my mental fitness, I'll drink a cup of tea or half a cup of caffeinated coffee and it will pop me back up into my normal mental fitness band. Um, and I think that, you know, we should all know this about ourselves. That is just me. That's just how caffeine affects me. Mm. It affects, you know, we drink caffeine, we drink alcohol, we smoke cigarettes, we stay up as late as we want, we go out and eat whatever we want, uh, we work really long hours, uh, you know, we take on, you know, financial debt and stress. We should know how all the things we're doing is affecting everything else we're doing so that you can make the right decisions. Because it's not about abstaining from everything. It's mm. just about choosing when to do things and when not to do things it's being informed isn't it like you said earlier yeah. i think it's being informed about that decision and you know if you want to go out and um have a drink or if you want to go out and um have like a night out or 
say you want to say you want to go out and exercise like you you know actually do you know what if I want to go for a run tomorrow morning mm, the fact I've had like a whole pizza to myself tonight means maybe a walk would be more sensible Um, and it's balancing that out and recognizing actually do you know what if it has been a really stressful day I do need that bit of time to unwind and I think it's interesting um, I think I've spoken to a few people I think just before Christmas and it was the first time I really started to hear people talk about this idea of um, small things like parking further away from work and they were like I just need that five minutes in the morning to sort of like just walk in and get ready and then equally at the end of the day I need five minutes just to kind of chill out and just process everything I've gone through at work so that when I get in the car and I'm on my way home I'm on my way home that's it I've finished with work um and it but it always seems like it's just that person has kind of stumbled across their own idea kind of like you started off with uh and it's I think that okay that yeah that's great that you've come up with that but isn't it a shame that it's not the kind of someone has mentioned it to you or um it's part of a plan or a choice or they said here's five or ten things that might be useful to you go through try it work out what's for you it's just yeah. like, oh, you just get on with your life and you work out, hopefully, what is useful for you. Um, yeah. I completely agree. And education is, is the main thing. You know, really, we should be taught as as kids mm. how to figure out who we are and be mm. the best version of ourselves, not all the stuff we're taught. I mean, like, I'm sure the fact that I know about Henry VIII's, I don't know how many wives, can't even remember. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say eight, but no, he's I was he- say he's eight, Hen- and then I thought, is Henry the eighth? And am I just thinking that? No, is it Hen- Henry? Is it Henry the fifth had eight wives? Yeah, there you go. There you go. The- oh, there was an eight and a five. Yeah, I clearly wasn't paying attention in history. Or was um, it Henry the eighth had eight, five? Oh, I don't know. It was a five and an eight. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Also, completely irrelevant to my life. Um, <laughs> but I still retain the knowledge that I remember. I didn't remember that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I obviously was sat there going, when am I ever going to use this? I yeah. should have paid attention because I would have nailed this now. <laughs> That's what I should have paid attention for. Um, but yeah, I um, I just think that, you know, being yourself and, mm. and being honest about who you are is really important. Mm. Um, and I think when we start to pretend to be someone else, we start to project a human out to the world that we're not actually, it actually puts a lot of mental uh stress and pressure on yourself because you're always trying to be someone you're not yeah. and I think that as a kid I, I did I definitely did that you know up until tw- I was 29 years old I was always pretending to be somebody I wasn't I was always trying to be somebody I wasn't um and it took me that long to figure out that that's not the way to live my life but I do believe that we're not taught enough about um sort of mental fitness and and how just how to develop as a human Mm. um at school and I think if if we were taught things like do you actually know what happens to your brain when you drink caffeine Mm. um or do you know what um you know physical exercise does we all learn that everyone knows endorphins are released when you do physical exercise yeah everyone knows that Mm. no one knows that like neuroprene freeing is a stress hormone that is made in your body and if you can't deal with um life for a little bit and you have anxiety and you have depression then you can be prescribed medication that stops the reabsorption of neuroprene freeing into your brain which means there's more of it in your brain which means you're better able to deal with stress mm. like that to me would have been a useful bit of information to understand um and then 
I mean, I don't, I don't think medication is for everyone, by the way. Like, it's a massive thing. Like, it, what's right for you is right for you. Um, but if you understood what medication, yeah. what medication is out there, what it's for, and why it's used, mm. um, then it's not a. It's not so frightening to deal with it yourself. But b. People won't think, oh, she's on medication. She's obviously lost it, which I know is what a lot of people yeah. do. Yeah, and it's also like yes, there will be some people. Um, like ourselves that take medication for a period of time uh, and that might be quite long but equally there are some people that take medication do you know what and they take it for three or six months and that's it Um, and I think there is that idea I definitely had that thought in my mind that like oh once you start taking medication that's it like you're always going to take it Um, and yeah for some people that is the case but you know what there are a lot of people um, that will only take it for a limited period of time and I think if we knew a little bit more about it actually there probably would be more people that would just take it for that short period of time as a little bit of a boost to help them um, help them out and give them a bit of a chance to look at some of these other tools um, and resources that would be really useful so that then when they come off of that medication they've got something that they're transitioning onto and that tool or support is there for them for as long as they need it. Yeah, but also education, you know, like knowledge is power. We should, if you're struggling with mental health issues or low mental fitness, you know, that, I mean, you can't self-diagnose yourself. You're not a doctor. You know, you can't give yourself therapy. You're not a therapist. Mm. But, you know, we can educate ourselves. Mm. You know, you, you can learn about what's happening and, and try and understand it, um, you know, from, from just the, the, the physiological or psychological way of looking at things. There's loads of studies out there. There's loads of stuff that you can read on on um online about it and obviously you don't want to get into a sort of like black hole of oh god this this says this and this says this yeah, and whatever yeah, yeah. so there is like a negative side of that but i i found a lot of peace uh when i understood what was happening to my body and mm. why i was having um sort of i guess bipolar uh symptoms when I understood what was going on, and I understand that I know this is going to happen to me for the rest of my life, it's happened to me for my whole life today, I know, right, well, I have this thing, um, I have to be careful about my caffeine, I have to be careful about my alcohol intake. Um, hmm. But it doesn't mean I'm like, I'm never going to go out again, I'm never yeah. going to have any more fun, oh, my life is so bad, I have this thing that makes me different from everyone else. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I can only drink when I know I don't have anything to do for three days afterwards, (laughs) even though I can only drink about two and a half glasses of wine before I'm really drunk, I will, it takes me three days to recover and it messes with my body chemistry and my mood. Um, but it doesn't mean you completely stop, you know, that. And I think that I see a lot of stuff, actually one thing that I've, I've done is I've come off, um, a load of groups on Facebook. Hmm. Um, so obviously I follow loads of mental health groups because I think mental health groups are great and people talking about it's great. But honestly, I've never seen so many people talk so negatively about diagnosis and mental health mm. and we're all the people that have it. Mm. And it's almost like this thing where everyone's like, oh, my life sucks and this is awful and, you know, blah, blah, blah. and then someone else goes, I've got it too and it really sucks and blah, 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 it sucks. And it's like, this is just awful. I was like, I don't want to be in a group that collectively think they suck you Mm. don't suck you've got daughters you've got lives you've got other stuff happening and it sucks that we have this thing but it doesn't mean that everything in the world sucks yeah it's hard it is hard i think um 
I suppose it's recognising people at different stages in their journey as well. And if it's everybody at the start um, and there's a lack of kind of, I don't know, knowledge or um, support to keep people going, it's difficult when it's a just a peer-to-peer group. That's yeah. what, it's, it's so difficult. I've it's seen... good support, though. I think it's really good to know that other people out there that have the same thing as you and stuff. But I do think that, you know, we're we're all intelligent, you know, we're yeah. all, we, we know, like, if, you, if you're if you a mother and you saw your daughter talking badly about herself, mm. or father and his daughter, son, mother, whatever, whichever way around you want to do it, yeah, and you saw them talking negatively about something at school and they were going on and on and on about it, you would you would say, um, that's really negative, don't think about it like that, think about it like this. Mm. Don't know why that's not... Um, I know that people, I know what it's like to be severely depressed. So mm. I know what it's like to not want to be on this planet. I spent five weeks trying to think of a million ways to not be on this planet mm. and all this awful stuff. Um, but I clawed my way out of it and it was hard work. I said I took it on like a job because it was a job and I had to make myself do stuff I didn't want to do because it felt wrong, but I knew it was the right thing to do based on the fact that I was looking at my, my little chart, you know? Yeah. And I think that we have to be kind to ourselves and we have to learn about ourselves, but there also has to be this little thing where you do go, do you know what? I know that even, this is one thing I teach people I work with, like, what? just think one positive thing that day. That's an achievement. Mm-hmm. One positive thing a day is an achievement. At one point, brushing my teeth once a day was an achievement. It doesn't matter what it is, on what level other someone else will look at it is. Do one positive thing for yourself a day. That's it. But that's it's it's having that attitude of I've done one positive thing, that's great, or everything's awful and not recognising any good things that you're doing. Like you say it's that education and, and yeah. knowing a bit more about what's going on with you and working out what is going to be useful and starting at a a really like you said hopefully um someone is able to see that actually in whatever their life is there will be one good thing in that day that they can reflect back on and and starting from there um and i think that's uh i i think stuff when i'm saying that as well i'm talking about doing one thinking one nice thing like mm. thinking oh I like that person or I'm grateful that that person yeah. or I'm grateful there's a roof over my head or I'm grateful that um there's I I'm you know I'm in a safe environment mm. you know that's a positive thought it's not an extreme thing I mean I used to say to people who are really struggling when I was working with them in personal development it's like listen like make someone a cup of tea that's a really nice thing to do and it's mm. not that hard to do it but if you get up and you do it and you move yourself out of your room or whatever and you make your mum a cup of tea who's you know, or your carer a cup of tea or whoever you're working with a cup of tea, that's a really nice thing to do. That person will smile at you and be happy. You, It will, it does, it is, it is good for you. Mm. A lot of the time, I remember when I was really sick, I was lying in bed and I didn't even want to get out of bed. I was like, I don't want to, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Um, but eventually... I had to do it, you know, because I had to go to the bathroom. Um, And then I had to, I mean, I remember I didn't, I didn't brush my teeth for three weeks. And I remember the day when I I did brush my teeth. Um, But it was really hard. Like, it doesn't sound like it's a hard thing to do. But for me, 
it was a really, really hard thing to do at that point. But I think that, you know, within two years, I'm now CEO of a tech startup. Mm. And I was that two years ago. That has come from me, um, you know, not being hard on myself because I don't want people to think that I'm saying, oh, you've got to be tough on yourself. It's not that. It's about having a realistic goal. And my realistic goal at that point was brush your teeth and that's all you have to do today. Yeah. My realistic goals right now are very, very different. But every single day of my life, from the moment I came out of that severe depressive episode and I realized what happened to me and, and the impact that happened to my friends, my family, I've got a twin brother, you know, the person I was in a relationship with at that time. When I saw that, I was like, right. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not suicidal anymore. Killing myself is not actually an option. Mm. I was like, right. And how am I going to, what can I do every day to make sure that I get better or I am not going to cause harm to the people around me? And I think it's a, it's a nice place to start our wrap up as well. That idea actually, do you know what? Like it did um, for you, it is your journey, but it started off with swinging your legs around, getting out of bed and going and cleaning your teeth. And that is, um, it's so hard for some people just to do that and to actually get up and get out of bed can be a really, really hard starting point. Um, but to see that kind of all the way that it's, um, it's progressed for you to not just being successful with, uh, the new startup, but also being able to support and provide opportunities for other people is a um, a massive thing to recognise as well, I think. Yeah, well, you've got to give back. You know, I didn't get better on my own. A lot of people helped me out. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot of things from other people. And mm. I think that you've got to give back. And that's the most important thing. And, and for me, I guess, all I want to do is inspire as many humans as possible that w- were in the same situation as me or have any any kind of connection to the journey I've been on mm. uh, to, to, to let people know that you can do it. You can absolutely get better, whatever you want to call it, mm. uh, change your life, achieve anything you want. Like I have a tech startup. That's madness. Mm. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't even have a degree. Um, you know, and so you think for me, empowering people and inspiring people to just, like you said, swing your legs over the bed, yeah. get up and brush your teeth. Like that's all. If that's it, then that's it. But it's a good thing to do. Mm. And then, you know, it might be a week of doing that before you go, okay, well, I'm actually going to have a shower and brush my teeth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and just do it. And, and, and because it does lead somewhere. Mm. It does. Awesome. Well, if people wanted to find out a little bit more about you, Jenna, and uh, maybe a little bit more about the app and stuff as well in the future, where's the best place for them to go to to find out about um, everything that's going on? Okay, cool. So if everyone, uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, if you go to myarkeo.com, so it's M-Y-A-R-K-E-O.com, um, we've got a holding page for the website right now. Um, our app is in beta testing just for another couple of days. So there's no point submitting to be a beta tester, um, but it will be downloadable from Apple Store and Google Play within the next two weeks. So you'll be able to just go on um, the Apple Store and download the My Arkeo app. Um, and 
because I haven't caught up with everything, it's happened quite quickly. The 888 Collective, we're still delivering courses and theatre workshops um, to people who are out of work, have mental health issues. So if you want to know more about that, right now you can go to the 888collective.com and have a little look around, uh, but it will be connected to Arkeo very shortly. So sorry, it's quite a few little things, but yeah. Uh, that's fine. It, it gives, um, gives people an opportunity to have a look and kind of be aware of what's going on as it's happening as well, which is quite exciting to kind of be there at that moment. So that's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on and for um, not just telling us about the app and the other cool things that are going on, but for sharing your story as well. No worries. Well, thank you for having me and letting me talk so much. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking. It's, just, it's nice just to kind of sit back and hear people's stories. Like they're all so different and go off in different directions. And I think it's, it's that thing that just, it'd be nice if more people were able to and to. Uh, to sit and hear people's stories is um, just, yeah, so rewarding in itself, to be honest. Um, but no, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you for doing what you do. It's awesome. It's so amazing to see you. You've got like 178 stories now, haven't you? It's, it's, yeah, it's getting on. <laughs> it is getting on. I'm very, I'm very pleased to be part of that. I'm, thank you so much. No, it's, it's, it's um, like I say, just to... To hear those different stories has been amazing, so yeah, it's been great. Happy day! Hello, it's me, I've jumped on at the end. <laughs> Again, just wanted to add on one more big thank you to Jennifer for coming on and sharing her story. For letting us know a little bit more about her app that's being developed. Uh, obviously she wants to talk about it because it's something she's working on, but do you know what? I really, really believe in us being a little bit more aware of the different resources, the tools, the apps, whatever they are, um, and working out what's right for us, what works for us, being informed and knowing about those different support tools um, and resources that are there, um, because often we are, unfortunately, left to work it out for ourselves. It shouldn't be that way, but it is at the moment. So I want to say a big thank you to you guys as well for continuing to download, share uh, and engage with the podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, it really does mean a lot to, to me and also to the other people that have come on the podcast as well. If you're interested or think you might like to share your story in the future, please, please do get in contact. It'd be awesome to hear about what's been going on for you, what's gone on in the past or what you're doing now or even what you're hoping to do in the future. I hope you're well and I look forward to talking to you next week. And until then, please do remember, as always... You're not alone out there.